0: You had to know that when Wingstop set out to make a crispy, juicy chicken sandwich, they wouldn't make it in just one flavor. They'd make it in all 12. Like lemon pepper, mango habanero, hickory smoked barbecue, and OG hot. So why have one new favorite chicken sandwich when you can have 12? Try the new sauced and tossed Wingstop chicken sandwich today for only $5.49 at Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Valid for a limited time and available at participating Wingstop locations only while supplies last. Price subject to applicable taxes and fees. Listening to the West End Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi oi!
2: Hello and welcome to the West End Way podcast with myself Dave Walker and XWH employee. Tonight is the West Ham Way End of Season Awards where we list a variety of categories along with respective nominees before discussing the options and giving the reasons for our own choices. X will be giving us his weekly roundup and as always we'll end the show with questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. Hello, everyone. We hope you've had a lovely bank holiday weekend, basking in the glorious sunshine. Tonight, we reveal the categories and nominees for the West Ham Way End of Season Awards. X is going to read them out. We're then going to give our thoughts on who should win the award and the reasons why. Then, during the week, you will have the chance to cast your vote. And on next week's show, we'll tell you who the winners are. So let's get cracking. X, please can you give us the first category with the respective nominees?
3: Okay. so the first category is probably is the most important one and that's hammer of the year now the beauty about doing this on patreon as opposed to twitter which we um have always done this on previous is that on twitter each tweet you only get four options for a poll but on patreon you can have as many as you want so it enabled me to open this up to more people. I didn't have to narrow it down to four. So it is basically pick from whoever you want to be, Hammer of the Year. Um, now, I know who mine is, and I'm, yours is very yours has sort of fluctuated a little bit. So oh. do you want to you give your opinion on who yours is?
2: Do you know what, mate? It's still fluctuating now in my mind, as I'm going to give the answer. It's between three. Yeah. It's between Declan, Thomas, and Vlad. Yeah, and do you know what mate, almost daily I change my mind Um, I think if you're putting a gun to my head I think despite the fact it was wavering recently I think I'll stick with Thomas Oh,
3: um, You went to Declan last time I spoke to you
2: and that, Prime example Um, mm. and, and since then I've changed it to Vlad as well, I, honestly uh, it's so close for me between those three, but I think if my decision was final now, as it probably should be on this show, I think check edges it. I think stats-wise in so many different areas, he's like top of the Premier League. He's up there in, in the whole of Europe in terms of what he's achieved. He has added goals to his game. I think he's a joint top goal scorer. Um, I think he's been crucial as an all-round player. I think he's adapted to the English game so incredibly well. Uh, he was pivotal in, in Vlad coming to the club, if you want to count that as a reason. And I, I just think whilst he wasn't... Quite the same player when Deck was missing. I think he just edges it for me. Just edges it. And I know you um, think it should be Declan. And, you know, there ain't going to be any arguments from me, by the way, because if he gets it, again, I think it'd be well deserved. But do you want to give your reasons officially why you think it should go to
3: him? Well, in fairness to you, I think you've made a very good case there for check and I agree with you. It is between those three. Um, I think a bit harsh, Lough Bonner if I if hadn't have got injured, he yeah. may have been there because he was certainly the first half of the season, probably my hammer of the year. Um, and then obviously you're missing out Antonio, you're missing out Lingard, you're yeah. missing out Dawson, possibly, you're missing out Cresswell, um f- now even. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a number of strong contenders that we're not Even talking about here, but for me, Mm. Declan just edges it. And the reasons I'm going to say is this is our best season in well, since we finished fifth in 1999. But if you look at in terms of European qualification, we didn't even qualify them meant to go for the Intertoto, so this is the best we've done in terms of achievements since then, really. And we've been captained by Declan Rice, a 22 year old, um, who has every single game, turns out an eight out of ten performance at a minimum, at a minimum and because he does that so regularly his, his performances don't stand out anymore because that is the bar that he's set for himself over mm-hmm. the last three or four years to the point you don't notice it, you notice it when Suchek scores, you notice it when Antonio scores, you notice it when Dawson plays well because you, you, you're almost like it's an exceptional performance whereas Declan is consistently that 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 um that solid. Um, he's become an England regular. Um, he's a massive influence off the off the pitch. Um, the players love him. And Lingard settled so quickly because he knew Declan from from international duty, and they get on so well. Um, he Suchet was not the same player as when Rice was was not playing. Now you could argue that's because he had to do more defensive work, um, and when Declan wasn't there, so he couldn't be the same player, which is a fair point. However, I do believe. Declan if we hadn't have got injured for the five, six um, uh, games that he did, he we would have got into the Champions League. Um, and I think, yes, Suchek and edge are very, very close um, behind that. I would probably find it very hard to separate the two of them for mm. second and third place, I think because... Because Suchek played every single game. I think I'd probably... I, th- I can't even remember. I did say it on Twitter what my order was. And I think I am I might be changing it a bit now. Because I think I said Sheffal second, Suchek third. But I think I'm going to go with my order being Rice, Suchek, then Sheffal, and then Ogbonna. Um, for order, and then Antonio maybe for fifth. Um, but I think you just can't look beyond the captain that's that's got us in this position. It is no coincidence. We didn't perform as well when he wasn't in the side. And he's just, because he's a defensive midfielder, because he only scored one goal this season, I believe that Sue Cech and others are very close contenders. And don't get me wrong, if they won it, I'd be happy as well. But because Suchek scored 10 goals or whatever, that is putting him ahead in people's minds of Rice. But if you look at the overall contribution to a team, I think it has to be Declan for me. Yeah.
2: Again, you make a very good argument, mate. A very good argument. I can't disagree with any of that. I think this is so tight this year. I really do. And it's funny, you know, because every player has a bad game. It's football. Every player does. But if you was to ask me to name the last time Declan had a bad game, I'm not sure I could tell you.
3: No, I think when he first his first came back from injury, was it was it Brighton away, maybe, possibly? I don't think he was at his best. Uh, he gave the ball away a couple of times and looked tired. But even then, I would have still giving him a 7-8 out of 10. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I can remember him making a mistake at Arsenal away when he ducked and... Um, and let someone get a free header, I think, Um, when Joe Hart was in goal. So God knows how long we're talking about that. Then three years ago, maybe. Um, You know, he's our most valuable player. And for a reason... Uh, he's, everyone loves him off the field as well as on the field yeah. and he's captain at 22 like you know that I don't think that that's recognised enough you know people when Nigel Rio Ryokoka was a young captain went on about it all the time but again because Declan's so consistent and has been around for years and people just don't give it any attention and yeah Suchek's been amazing I love the fella Shafal is such a so my mm. type of right back mm, you know mm. I just love him like I love the, the hardness, the consistency, the no-frills, they're getting up and down the wing, they're getting stuck in, and they're not going down injured all the time. Like, mm. you know, he's so my type of player, and mm. Suchek is a is a great addition as well. The two of them have been amazing. Um, but I just think you have to you have to go for Declan for me, in my mm. opinion. But
2: it's interesting, and do you know what? I'm really fascinated to see what patrons are gonna decide on this, and a part of me thinks. Obviously, there are other players, and you've mentioned them, that that aren't in our top three. But, you know, votes might go to them, for example. But if we was to take 100% and have that 100% split between Declan, Tom and Vlad, I don't know, you know. Part of me thinks 50% might go to Declan and 25% might go to Thomas and no, Vlad. I,
3: don't. I think it would be much closer than that.
2: Do you think so? Because yeah. I, I don't know. I think a lot of people are torn between the Czech boys in it voted comments, yeah. you know, because it's almost like they come as a package and and I think some people might give it to him, some people might give it to him. Whereas Declan, I think, might get a bigger chunk. Well, I have um, actually we'll do- say.
3: I have actually done this award at the end of the season on Patreon already. Um now that was just like a sort of spur of the moment one. Um and I love it and, and it didn't um and you know it didn't. Count towards our end of the season award, of but I did do it. I'm just quickly scrolling through now to see who the winner was. Um, just out of interest for Hammer of the Year. And I think I um I I am um, put it in order. Oh, there, there you go. Right. So actually backs up what you said to be fair. So, really? Rice got oh, 48. Chaffa- there you go. Chaffale got 29 and Suchek 16. And actually, that shows what my order was because I remember doing a, a slightly um slight. Uh, what's the word propaganda by putting who I thought was first, <laughs> first, who I thought was second, second? So, because yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I put it because it goes in order of the numbers, it goes Rice, Chaffau, Suchet, or Bono, which is the order that I thought. But yeah, Rice 48, oh, wow. Chaffau, well, 29. Do you know what, mate?
2: Honestly, six, hand on heart, I give you my word, I didn't know that. And no. it's funny because that actually does back up what I'm saying, I think yeah Um, so you know i I don't know if we're going to see a different result this time because obviously people like myself have had some time to reflect now the season's over um and even i've changed my mind two or three times i think at one point i even gave it to vlad in my mind so i've been all over the place with these three but i'm comfortable despite some outstanding performances from everyone else the the final three for me well we actually agree on that i'm comfortable with that um and i think i think I would give it to Tom, but like I say, someone could come on the show and, and put a good argument across for Vlad as well, and I wouldn't be able yeah. to argue with that. So, yeah, it's been um, it's been a fantastic season for all three of them, and I'm interested to see who the
3: final vote goes to. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, this this award's a bit harder to choose now. I was torn whether I put Declan in it or not, but then I thought, no, he's 22. He's been Hammer of the Year before. He's an England international. If I put him in it, he's going to win it. So I didn't put him in for that reason. So so this is the Young Player of the Year Award. Now, there's not a huge amount to choose from, but I've got, obviously, I've put some nominees here, um, and they are um, Johnson, Coventry, Trott, Ashby, Longelo, Odebeku and Baptiste.
2: I think that's quite easy, actually. I, I think it's so, yeah. got to go to Johnson.
3: Yeah, it's got to. He's the only one that's had a
2: significant
3: yeah. impact on the first team.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think the others have either not played for West Ham or played one or two games max, I think. Exactly.
3: I think every every one of them has been on the pitch at some point, like with mm. mostly. Pretty much all of them have been in the cups. None of them have played in the league. I mean, obviously Coventry and Odebeku got on the bench and stuff, but I don't from memory, don't think they even got on. I think Odebeku might have. Oh, was that the cup game, Stockport? Maybe. Yeah, I don't think they got on the um, pitch for any league minutes, did they? Um, so for me, there is only one contender in that ward, and it's almost pointless having it. It's got to be Johnson, surely. Yeah, it's got to be if you're not taking into account academy games which obviously we wouldn't know enough about mm. to know how well they performed I mean I know Coventry is always said to be one of the best players in the in the um, academy matches and he's the captain so you could put a shout out for Connor um or you could put a shout out for Baptiste you know he's only 16 I think and playing at a level above um and he played um He played for England as well. So you can put maybe a shout for him. Mm. Uh, But I think, yeah, I think it's going to be Johnson. Um, So this one was tricky. I did narrow it down and there are some options that I did take out of the picture because I couldn't be bothered to go through and look at every single goal. But I have, I seem to remember taking Bowen out against Aston Villa, there was another one that I thought was quite a decent goal that I didn't put in, but I had to sort of narrow it down, otherwise I would have put every single goal in, so this is goal of the season, so the nominees for goal of the season are um, Antonio versus Man City, which was like a, if you remember a cross into the box, it was kind of like an overhead yeah, volley. Um, sort of just outside the six-yard box. It was a good goal. Mm. Um, then now's versus Leicester. So Cresswell hoofed it down the pitch. He took a great first touch, burst into the box, and just sort of kind of slid, kicked it into the corner. Yeah. Um, then you got. Hilaire versus Crystal Palace, which was the overhead kick, um, which Mm. was a really good goal. And then Hilaire again against Sheffield United, which was outside the box. Took a slight defection, but kind of smacked it into the top corner. And then you got Lanzini obviously against Spurs off the crossbar. Um, And then you you got Lingard um, away against Wolves when he ran pretty much the length of the pitch.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Some great goals there. Wow. Mm. Some great memories as well. I think automatically I've got a top three in my head. Uh, And I'm quite comfortable with this. I don't think I'm going to struggle with this. I think third would be Lingard against Wolves. Yeah. Second would be Hilaire against Palace.
3: Yeah,
2: And I mean, it can only go to one person for the winner, can't it?
3: That's what I would have thought, yeah, Lanzini. It's got um, to go
2: to Manu. I mean, it, it, even if it wasn't against Tottenham, I think it would have to go to him. I mean, that goal was just incredible. The fact that it was against Tottenham, Uh, was the cherry on the cake. But the drama behind the goal... I mean, if you're talking about how good that goal was in terms of technique, importance, emotional value, it's got everything. And for that reason, by a country mile, despite how incredible Hilaire's goal was, was, by the way, against Palace, I think it's got to go to Mano all day long.
3: Yeah, I I agree with you on that. Probably on that order as well. It's very, very tough because I think... um, you know, Alain's goal against uh, Sheffield United was was good. Antonio's was great technique. For now, the touch was superb. Um, and then, obviously, Lingard's ran the whole length of the pitch when he was just literally flying at that point. So, there are some great, great goals. But I think you're right. Yeah. I think I I think I agree with your order. So, Lanzini first, Alain second and... Um, Lingard third. Um, this one's quite a tricky one. Now, I'm going to need to get your opinion on whether I include a certain player in this or not. So this is for signing of the season. So you've got Frederick Alves, which I'm pretty sure is not going to win. Um, <laughs> um, Who the fucking hell are you? <laughs> um, so, Signed Ben Rama, Vladimir Shafal, Craig Dawson, Jesse, Jesse Lingard. And then I was told, do I put Sue Check in or not? Because Sue was on loan last year and we signed him permanently this year, or do I take him out of it? Ah, oh, that's a
2: yeah, that's a tough one. Again, I think you can make arguments for either or I think you should probably take him out.
3: Okay, that was what I thought, yeah, because he played last year, so it's all based upon players that have joined, joined the club this season. Right, so just to recap, then Alves, Ben Rama, Dawson, Lingard. Uh
2: it's got to be Vlad for me. It's yeah, got to yeah. be Vlad. And you could have made an argument for Craig Dawson in the sense of the return for money yeah. because you you couldn't have predicted how well he'd done for West Ham. He's been incredible for the majority of the season. And I think that would have been a stronger argument if we'd have paid 15, 20 million pounds for Vlad. But the fact that we only paid five for Vlad, really, I think he, he, he steals that. I think he has just been... A breath of fresh air for West Ham for all the reasons that you've mentioned. He is a phenomenal fallback, uh, very popular again, um, and just so consistent and professional and gets stuck in and just does everything right. And uh, yeah, I think Vlad, Vlad followed by Craig. I think.
3: So it's funny because you just haven't even spoken Lingard. And no,
2: no, I know, I and know. You've got yeah, to
3: think of the impact that he had coming on loan. I mean, at one point we were debating on this show who was more influential, him or Payet. Yeah. Um, and and yes, he deteriorated perhaps for the last sort of four or five games. He wasn't quite at the standard he'd set, but he but his impact when he first came was just amazing, mate. I mean, honestly, for maybe what he must have joined what towards the end of January. So maybe for February and March, I don't remember being that excited about a player attacking wise in a long, long time.
2: He was incredible, and it's a discussion point. Having said that, I think I'm discounting him because he wasn't with us that long. So I'm judging Vlad and Craig over a longer period of time. Mm. And he did go off the ball a little bit towards the end. Still an incredible player who, by the way, I'm desperate for West Ham to sign on a permanent. Mm. But I think for those reasons, he is out of contention for signing of the season. Make- See,
3: I, I, for my order, my order would be Dawson third, Lingard second and Sheffield first. And mm. I would actually say that Lingard... Yes, I think Sheffield's won it because, like, you, from what you said, the, the value and the, the player he is and the person he is, etc., etc. But I think in terms of impact, Lingard just had such an amazing impact. He was so excited to watch. And I think what's sad, in a way, is that there was no fans in the games. Yeah. Apart from that last one, and obviously it was only 10,000, to actually see some of those performances. You know, imagine if you'd been at Wolves away when he ran that whole length of the pitch. You know, it was very... Um, Ravel Morrison like mm. and and you know how much do people go on about that going and yes obviously that was top in a 3-0 win but you know I was at that game when Ravel Morrison scored that and I can remember it to this day I can literally remember him picking the ball up and thinking oh go on lad go on lad mm. go on lad like that you know yeah when it went in and stuff and just going mental Um, and I just imagine what it would have been like to be there for Lingard and some of the other stuff you know and he, he brought like a personality as well you know people were really like people were really skeptical about all his social media and the jaylings and these hand signs and these tattoos and everything mm. else but actually his personality you know you think of the michael jackson video and the, <laughs> and the um the celebration where they did that Band thing, yeah. and you know, he brought a lot of really good moments, and obviously he broke into the England team again. Um, yeah. whilst with us and gave us two full England internationals, which God knows mm. when the last time we had that was. So, yeah, so but for me, it is Shafell. I just think because of the value and the and, mm. the, and the the player and everything, so mm. so yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, it, for me it's purely because at the time that he was with us, really, as good as that time was. I would rather judge someone over the longest possible period because obviously Vlad wasn't with us throughout the whole season, but he still played a lot of games for us. I think he still played 33, even though he signed in October.
3: Yeah, he only missed out the first sort of four or five Dinegas the season started later and stuff.
2: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so uh, yeah, Vlad, I'm more than happy with that. Dawson, maybe it's more a case of just giving him as much credit as possible because he proved so many people wrong. You can actually argue the same for Jesse because there was a lot of people against him. But I I think it's purely down to the time, mate. Purely down to the time. Um, And whilst he had a big impact, Jesse, he did have a big impact. There's no question of that whatsoever. I'm pretty sure we were... I think we were in the top four when we signed him. So I think as a group, we were doing very well without him. So it's not... What I'm saying is whilst he played a big part in a, a, a finishing position to be proud of, he wasn't pivotal in terms of taking us from 12th to 6th. You know, he, he was just a... a he, he, I suppose he added real value and he made such a contribution to an already well-established squad of players there. Uh, and, and it's a fair shout. I'm sure he will get votes and he deserves votes. But for me, Craig really surprised me over a long period of time. And I thought he was absolutely superb as well. Whilst... Again, going off the ball again towards the end of the season. But for me, there's no question mark over Vlad. I think he deserves that one all day long.
3: Yeah, okay, fair news. Right, so this is to most improved player and it was hard for me to think of some nominees for this, to be honest with you because obviously a lot of our players have played well this season and so, and they've played well previous seasons, or there have been new signings so it was hard to kind of pick some most improved players here but I've gone for, and maybe there's another contender that you can think of that I haven't shortlisted here, but I've gone for Antonio, which again, I'm not sure whether that right or not, because obviously he was scoring goals last season as well. Um, I've gone for Balbuena. Um, I thought a little bit ropey the season before, but I thought he put in some decent performances this season. Um, I've gone for Cresswell, um, who got a lot of stick from West Ham fans um, this season before. Say he's finished, he's got to go and actually you know, was an outside contender for hammer of the year. I would say um, for now's, um, I think his contribution to the season has been a lot more this year and perhaps the season before. Um, and then I put Fredericks. I'm not even really sure why, because I think the odd game that he played, yeah, he actually played quite well in and he played as a winger occasionally. And so I went with him, but I don't know if there's anyone that I'm missing out from that list that you can think of. I thought maybe Bowen, but I don't know if he's improved this year. I think he's been pretty steady from when he joined to now. Yeah, uh, I, I, don't I
2: don't think so, mate. You know, I don't think there is anyone I can add to that.
3: No, and I think there's a clear winner for me in this one. Uh,
2: I don't think I'll be as clear as you because I'm torn between two, but okay. comfortable with my choice. The two that I'm torn between is Creswell and Nows. Okay. Um, And I think I would give it to Creswell because... Mm-hmm. For now, I think, has been brilliant this season. I think he's gone under the radar. He's been a bit of an unsung hero. He's been a, a constant for West Ham in terms of um, his contribution. But if we're talking about most improved, I think Creswell's journey has been more extreme because he won Hammer of the Year of uh, some seasons ago. And then in a lot of people's minds, I've got to be honest with you, ex myself included, just think he completely went off the boil mm. to a point where I have myself talked about him being replaced a number of times but to perform the way he has this season has really surprised me and not only performed at the highest level again but also adapted to a changing position I never ever would have thought Aaron Creswell who's not the tallest player by the way could have played as well as he has done at centre half so he's shown versatility there as well and I think he's been consistent I think he's been Brilliant with his crossing. I think he's been steady. I don't think he's been exposed by pace as much as I expected him to be this season. Um, And I think for that reason, in terms of how much he's improved from last season to this, I'd, I'd give it to Chris, I think.
3: Yeah, well, that was who I was going to choose would be That's Cresswell. It? Yeah, by a long way, I would say. Like, I can, I can understand your argument for four now's and yeah, probably. If I had to pick a second, it probably would be him. But I, I think Cresswell's head and shoulders ahead for me. To be honest with you, he's. Like you said, he's gone from people wanting him to basically go getting being there's always got to be a, a, um the center fold for the abuse from West Ham fans, and he had that role, he's always an English player as well, usually. Um, and he he had that role for him, uh, at least a season, maybe two, and this year. I think he's been brilliant both at like you said at centre back, left side of centre uh, of the centre backs, and at left back, and he's also contributed massively for assists. I might be wrong, but I think he might be the top defender in terms of assists in the, in the league. Um, wow. Yeah, because obviously he takes free kicks and stuff, and he's yeah. scored quite a lot from set set pieces. Um, and I think that um, he he really is. Um, Yeah, really, really improved. And again, he's a real likeable lad. I just think the whole team spirit is so amazing. And I think he's a big part of that as well. And um, so for me, yeah, it's definitely Cresswell. This one was really hard to pick as well. This one, really hard. I was looking at the fixtures. I was thinking, geez, I could choose that one. I could choose that one. I could choose that one. But in order to make it a bit more interesting, rather than having lots of them, I've tried to narrow it down. But even then, I've narrowed it down to seven, I think. Um, And it's most memorable game. And because there was loads, oh and the, you know, God. there was leads away. I haven't put in there when we played really well. Um, when, you know, I think we went one-nil down really early from a penalty yeah. from memory, and then we went one-two-one, one Everton away, you know, crucial to our European um chances. I haven't put that one in, and um, and that was that was a crucial game. So these are the ones I've gone for. So four-nil walls at home, you know, that was on the back of two defeats, I think. And then we just went and played so well against a team that had done so well the year before, uh, three 0 Leicester away. Uh, yeah. you're going to think Leicester, although they just missed out of the champions league, were pretty much in the champions league spots throughout the whole of the season. Um, so to go there and win three 0 I thought was amazing. Uh, Although we didn't win 3-3 against Spurs. If you're talking most memorable game, yeah. you know, 3-0 down with 10 minutes to go. And as we talked about before, the drama of Lanzini's goal. 3-1 away winner, Aston Villa, from memory. We totally outplayed them Um and just, it was just a really convincing performance again against the side that at the time were sort of there or thereabouts around us. Um 2-1 victory against Spurs. Obviously always good to beat Spurs from from memory. We didn't play that well, but we got the got the result anyway. Um two three Wolves away. Well Lingard scored that goal and was just sensational throughout the whole of that game. And then the last game of the season to sort of finalise it all and finish in Europa spot was a 3-0 win against Southampton.
0: Mm.
2: yeah I mean my heart points towards the home win against Tottenham but I say my heart rather than my head because you're quite right I don't think we were great that day I just fucking love beating Tottenham as every other West Ham fan does if I think with my head and this is the answer I'm going to give I think for what was such an outstanding achievement that I certainly couldn't call I think I'd have to go Leicester away I mean you know it was such a comfortable win against a good side by the way away from home I think from memory that was Vlad's debut as well
3: yeah it was I think yeah which
2: also makes it memorable because it was the start of what was a fantastic season from a fantastic signing um I just think Leicester away 3-0 uh again you can make an argument for a few others but I think I'm going to go with that X. That
3: is that is my feeling. But then it's the word memorable because yes, mm. that was memorable. And uh, the right back, um, Chafel, I didn't think of that. So yeah, you throwing that in has given it even more substance, but I, I am torn. And it's funny to say this with the free free.
2: Yeah. I, I, can, I thought you was going to say that. And yeah. if you're talking about a memorable game, That doesn't even have to be a win. It's a memorable game. That was the most dramatic moment of the season, I think, without question, Lanzini's goal. Uh, And it's one of the most dramatic moments in recent memory. So for that reason, I think that's a fair shout.
3: Maybe I need to change the category title and put it as best performance, maybe. Maybe. And that would make it a bit more clearer, wouldn't it? Because it, it sort of mm. it opens it up to debate because that is the most memorable game. And I think when we look back on this season, in years to come, that Lanzini goal to come from 3-0 down with 10 minutes to go mm. will be the thing that's played more than the win against Leicester. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah. so in that respect, that is the most memorable. But if you talk about performances, we were crap that first half. Mm. You know, the fact we you know, those Tottenham—I mean, it's funny now looking back—but those Tottenham videos where they were taking the piss out of us, <laughs> they had a reason. to because we were dreadful for that first yeah. bit, so it was just the last bit. 10 minutes which are magical so I'm actually going to do that I'm going to put I'm going to change the title of this ward to best performance of the season mm. because I think that makes it easier to choose and then if you're going best performance then I think you go the Leicester game yeah same same right, so we'll, we'll have that then so I've just changed it okay so this one I must admit I couldn't be bothered to go through and watch every single goal of the season <laughs> and it's harder when when um your team's done so well and scored so many. So from memory, and I may have missed some out, um, but I've gone for the most memorable celebration, right? And I could (laughs) only think of four that stood out in my mind and there may have been others, but there was four that stood out and I don't even know the name of one of them. I've been asking some of my younger friends today, but uh, let's have one last look. No, they haven't got back to me to tell me what it's called. But anyway, the four I've gone for, Uh, Lanzini against Spurs obviously running off with his shirt over his head and just everyone just bundling in, and you know, just see, I think it captured the sort of significance of it. Mm. Um, the did you just hear me burp then, by the way? <laughs> no. I uh, okay. can smell it though. you don't, you <laughs> So I was thinking, maybe i should have seen this again, but if no one can hear it, it'll crack on. Um, and, then, uh, and then Antonio versus Burnley, which is where he got on the floor and started doing a think it was backstroke, if you remember, yeah. on the floor. Then you've got Lingard versus Spurs, which was the band celebration. They had Deccan on the drums. Lingard was doing a trumpet or something, wasn't he? Finals was... Playing the guitar and that one or Rice's one against Southampton, where him and Lingard I gotta sound like such an old man. I don't know what it's called, but it's, I think it's a rappers dance, and it's like where you sort of do like a sort of motorbike type thing. I can't I dunno what it is. And the young young people will know, and I have said a new you young people that I've messaged today that haven't replied to me. sure thought I don't know the name, but those those four goals.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, what I loved about the Lanzini celebration was because I think that epitomized everything we love about football you know that the passion what it meant and what it meant to his teammates and the big bundle you're talking about and the shirt behind the head and oh it was it was so special that so special but I do like a bit of humor with celebrations and I think it's got to go to the band I yeah. thought that was so clever and so funny yeah. um, and just was a good piss take, really. really made me laugh, so that's my choice.
3: Yeah, I think so as well. And I think it's been like a, an iconic image of the sort of team spirit of the squad, yeah. doesn't it? So, yeah, it has actually. Yeah, I think that one just ends it for me as well, over Lanzini. Um, I agree with all of you, apart from Hammer of the Year. So far is the only one yeah. we've, we've not agreed on. But yeah, I think, um, I think I agree with you on that. And I think maybe third... You'd probably go for Antonio, maybe because it was so unique and stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, right, um, next one is the most missed player. So these are all the players that either left um, in the preseason or they left during the season. So the most missed one out of all of them, um, and from memory, these were the players that I can remember leaving. So there are a jetty. Josh Cullen, Grady Diangana, Sebastian Allaire, Jordan Hugel, Jeremy Ngakia, who actually this is bad, but I actually forgot about him. I forgot about him existing until I did this award. If think of all the like controversy and the talk there was about him. And I actually, I don't think I've even thought of him this season. So, you know, he's obviously back in the premier league now because Watford got promoted, but yeah, Jeremy and Gakia, Carlos Sanchez, who also plays for Watford. So he's back in the premier league as well. Um, Robert Snodgrass, your mate, Jack, Jack Wilshire and uh, (laughs) Pablo Zabaleta.
2: Well, you see that fucking idiot's been released by Bournemouth yeah, yeah. now, hasn't he? <laughs> fucking twat. Oh, I'd love to get oh, him on the podcast. I've been trying. You know, well, the thing
3: is, I think he knows about you, so it's quite hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same as a yeah. which I've got. I've actually. People won't believe this, but so I've actually got. And you know, what I have. I've got his. I've got his phone. I'm yeah. out of inches, and I have spoke yeah. to him before. Like I have spoke to him in the past, but when I try and get him to come on the podcast, he won't reply to me.
2: No, I messaged him as well. And I said, do you fancy causing a stir and coming on the podcast? And no, I didn't get definitely. a response. So, um, I, I, to be honest with you, mate, I can't say I've missed any of them. If, if I've got to choose out of any of them, I mean, I was, I was gutted to see Snoddy go, but that's more because of who he is rather than what he is with respect to him. Um, do you know what, mate? Probably, and, I, and I'm not even saying I've missed him, X, but probably hilarious because by him going left us so ridiculously light up front and we didn't bring in another striker. And with Antonio's kind of temperamental injury record, probably hilarious. But this is tough for me because I, honestly, I don't think we've really missed anything. Yeah, of him. see. What'd you, what'd you I, my,
3: when I was writing that award in my head it was Snodgrass um and, 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 and like you said mm. mainly because of the person he was you know we've been lucky enough to interview him um lucky enough to have his number so I used to text him occasionally after games and stuff so I felt like mm. know, I knew him a little bit um and he was just a top top lad you know he I told you about the time when my son was born and he sent me a Sent me a shirt, a signed shirt, match worn—the one he scored against Crystal Palace. And I didn't even ask him to do it. So that you know, it's things like that that made him such a such mm. a nice guy, real genuine bloke. Um, so. That was my gutting here And then I thought, well, Pablo Zabaleta was a, like the model professional and, again, a very good bloke and, you know, achieved everything in the game. And I thought, yeah, he was a good person to have round. But we'll see, we got him at the end of his career. Uh, you know how much I hated Hilaire, so I didn't even think about him. But you do make a good point that we didn't replace him. And actually, with the benefit of hindsight, if I could go back in January I'll, and be told we're going to sell Hilaire, but we're not going to replace him, I'd say keep him yeah um, exactly so i do understand that uh josh was obviously and grady academy players coming through um so there's always obviously a bit of sadness when you sell the academy player Um, but i think for me most missed if i if i could bring any of them back to the club and maybe i'm doing it for the wrong reasons i would bring some back um so i think i'm gonna say Snodgrass for me oh, okay that's interesting because I just made a just god jeez, the stress that man caused me honestly like <laughs> just, just having to defend my opinion all the time against him constantly yeah, had yeah. to do that and if he ever scored a goal well fuck me that meant my opinion was not even worth considering <laughs> you know like and so the minute he scored a goal which obviously the palace one being the the prime example I would just get ah ex backtracking aren't you oh look he shut you up just because he's scored one goal you know like mm. he never shut me up I still stand by what I said obviously technically a good player obviously a good player because of his career could probably play at the top level um for other clubs but he just wasn't a West Ham or maybe a Premier League player and, and I still stand by that so um the fact he went to Holland and no one else wanted to sign him from the Premier League is what I would use as further evidence but anyway I think yeah for me Snodgrass is the is the one
2: Hmm, interesting. I, I just think when you look at us this season, you know, Declan and Thomas were so prominent and they were so reliable. I know Declan missed a bit of time towards the end of the season.
3: What, what was it, X? Three, three four, five games? i go with five, but I can't remember exactly. I mean, he was injured on international duty, wasn't he? And I think the first game he missed from memory was the Wolves game. Um, yeah, and then uh, so then you got to think, and then he played. I think again from memory, his first game back was Brighton away, which is about the fourth from end game. So yeah, yeah, I reckon we're talking about four or five games there.
2: See, I think the reason I would go with Halea to add on to what I've already said is I think if Snods would have been at West Ham when we lost deck I think I still would have giving it to nobs which doesn't mean that Snodgrass for me would have come straight in for either Deck or Tom if they got injured. But when Antonio gets injured, I probably would have gone with Halea over maybe putting Bowen up front. Now, I totally agree with you, by the way. I don't think he is a West Ham player. And I think it was the right thing to do part in company with him. I personally would have done it now at the end of the season. I wouldn't have done it when we did, because like we say, we didn't bring anyone in. But I think in terms of who you'd miss from a list of players that I don't think we have missed this season, I think Hilaire would be my choice. Because when Antonio hasn't played, I would have used Hilaire. Whereas all of those other players, I don't think one of them would have been used if any of the other first 11 would have got injured. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, and I think you make a really good point, mate. See, I think our definition of missed might be slightly different here because you're going for, um, in terms of missed from a playing perspective, whereas I think I'm going from more of a sort of emotional, uh, sort of liking someone perspective, Mm, if that makes sense. Um, Mm. So I definitely see your argument, definitely, because you're right. I think in terms of, What they could have contributed to the season had they stayed, then I think Hilaire probably would have contributed more than any of them. So I can definitely see your um, point. I mean, the fact that when we're choosing goal of the season, you know, two of his nominees um, shows that he did, he did contribute. um, so yeah, it's, I'm torn. I think I'm still still going to stick with Snodgrass out of loyalty to, to him and what a man he is. But mm. I, if Felair won it, then I would definitely see the see the logic behind that. Um, so we're coming. There's a few more to go. Actually, it's quite a, few, a lot more. Hasn't done this many. I we might have to speed <laughs> up a bit. But uh, um, this is most disappointing thing. So they are no fans at the games. VAR. Um, selling a lair with no replacement. Sullivan's comments regarding affording to go to cup games, um, missing the Champions League spot. Wilshire's comments when he left, and then injuries to the key players. Oh,
2: blimey. That's a tough one.
3: Mm.
2: Oh, wow to save time do you already have your answer or would you rather get mine first
3: um, I don't because I think all of them yeah. I could argue to an extent on
2: bloody hell um,
3: I think I know well, I'm, I don't know I'm really can you, can you
2: fly on. through those options again
3: so no fans at the games yeah. VAR selling a lair with no replacement Sullivan's comments regarding cup games missing Champions League football Wilshire's comments and injuries to key players I think I can rule out ones. I'm, I think there's ones I can rule out. It's just harder to choose. So I can rule out Wilshere's comments because I don't give a shit about him. He mm-hmm. was like, he's not. So I thought he was a prick for saying the things he did. But at the end of the day, he's just a bitter player that didn't that was trying to save his face type thing. So don't really care about that. Missing Champions League. Now, obviously, I am gutted, but we've still got the Europa League and I'm in some ways just as excited about that as i am the champions league um so Mm -hmm. i think europa league kind of does that i can take that sullivan's comments regarding the cup games yes i thought it was pathetic and it really annoyed me at the end of the day i don't think i expected anything different so it didn't really shock me so to speak so Mm -hmm. i don't think i'd put that one and then it comes down between selling a lair if no replacement, injuries to key players, VAR, no fans. So I didn't like Alè. I wouldn't have sold him if a replacement had if I'd known. However, I agreed with selling him, and it was so nice just to not have to talk about him anymore. So I'm going to rule that one out, which puts it between key players, VAR and fans. VAR has been constantly the way it is, like shit, uh, not pointless, but poorly done, such a bad thing on the game. You know, you could probably throw in inconsistent rules within the same sort of heading, I guess. Um, It really has spoilt football for me, Mm. but it's spoiling football for everyone, if that makes sense, rather than it being specifically West Ham. So I think I'm going to put that third and then I'm torn between no fans and injuries to key players. And these are sort of, one is what I think affected the season the most and the other is a selfish one. So I think injuries to key players affected the season more than there being no fans. But in terms of a personal point of view, I've really missed not going to games. I've loved the fact that I've watched every single game because obviously every single game has been on TV, but I've missed the events and the atmosphere and the away days. And But then everyone's been in the same perspective. So I think I'm going to go with injuries to key players. Uh,
2: interesting. So we disagree on this. Okay. I, I, um, Do I agree with your top three? Probably. Yeah. I think that's a fair top three. I think I'd probably go along with that. But I think there's, there is a very valid argument, and people ain't going to like this, that we wouldn't have done as well this season with fans there. Yeah. So for that reason, that's not my number one. Uh, and I think because it's not just something that's happened, it is something that's constantly happening all the time, and it has killed the game, and it does take the fun out of football. I think I'd have to go VAR because I think it's it's possibly the worst thing that's ever been introduced to football. Even when it gets things right, I just it just kills it. It's killed the euphoria of scoring goals. It still relies on human decision, which they still continue to get fucking wrong. And you just end up tearing your hair out with it. And I think it's just had that much of a negative impact on a sport that we love so much that I think that's got to be number one for me. And And like I said, it's not even a moment that disappointed me. It's a constant source of disappointment that ain't going away anytime soon. And for me, that's why that should be right up there. Number one.
3: Okay, fair enough. Um, so this is the best kit. Well, it's very simple home away or third.
2: I would, oh, see, I I actually like all three of them.
3: Yeah, I, I do, to be fair. Oh, I'd,
2: god, I see, I do, I really like the third kit, but I really like the the, the home and away. Oh, you know, that's
3: that's a tough one, that. What so do you I think? think- I think I'm clear on my winner, but torn between second and third. What what is your winner? My winner is the third kit. Yeah. I think it's stylish. I think it's it's like black and gold. It's always a good combination. I think it looks successful. You know, Barcelona and various other teams um, have have had kits like that. And also we were very successful in it. You know, I Mm. think we had a great record playing in that kit. So it just reminds me of good performances and so on. And it's no wonder. I think when you look on... By the way, that M M&M shopper shop are doing the kits again for like I know, yeah, they're older than I know like fifteen quid. A follower third...
2: told me about it, and this time I did snap them up.
3: I oh, did you? Well, yeah. First... Well, the third kit weren't available. That's what remotely. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. So that's obviously yeah. the most popular because yeah. that was the one that went, you know, went isn't. You can't get hold of. So for me, it's the third kit, and then it was first, and then I'm really torn between the other two. Uh, I never used to like the Away shirt because I thought it was a cheap. Take on a classic from yesteryear, and that I've had uh, variations of that shirt so many times throughout my years of supporting West Ham. Um, but then, when I look at it, and my son's been wearing it today, to be fair, um, uh, it, it looks really good on him. But I, and then, I, and it,
2: yeah, so I think
3: I think I'm going to go in that order: third away, first home, yeah, sorry. home yeah, third uh, away, home.
2: I mean, I am really split, but for the sake of time, I think I'm going to agree with you on that.
3: Okay, right. Um, Shall we just speed up a bit with these? Uh, (laughs) Might have to. Yeah, geez, we've got quite a lot to go. (laughs) Well, fuck me, how many categories have you done? Quite a few. I got carried away, Um, so (laughs) I'll be quick. Um, I can maybe take this one out. Uh, I don't know. Uh, reason for success, management team, team spirit, players, no fans or poor form of other teams.
2: Uh, Sorry, mate, what were they again?
3: The management team, you know, Moyes' backroom staff, the team spirit, the players themselves, having no fans at the games or the poor form of other teams. I think think
2: you can make a case for all of them, really. I I don't think it's one isolated reason I think it's a bit of everything but I, I would have to I think I'd have to give it to the management team because I think without the management team you wouldn't have got the team spirit and the, and the performances from the players and David Moyes has just got every aspect of management spot on this season so it's it's close because like I say I think they've all played a part but I think I'd go with a management team
3: Okay, that's interesting. And I'll I'll single
2: out Moyes there, uh, all of his backroom staff. As a group, they've been fantastic.
3: Yeah, I think I'd have to go with management team, but then I think, like you said, you can argue something for everything. I think management team. Obviously, they've had to get the players playing the way they have. That's been a result of good team spirit. Whether that team spirit's been caused by having no fans there, you could argue, and also has that no fans there meant that other teams were so poor. You know, Sheffield United were they so poor because they didn't have their, you know, their hardcore Yorkshire fan base at the games? You know, I think because you could argue for anyone, but I think you got to, whenever a team plays well, you've got to put that down ultimately to the management team and the fact that some of the signings were just so spot on as well Um, so yeah, I think I agree with you on that one, we could do this one quickly definitely, Um, so I went for best position, best player in each position, so best keeper, Fabianski, Randolph Martin Trott, yeah Fabianski yeah, best defender Chafel, Cresswell, Dawson, Ogbonna. Uh, she yeah. Best midfielder, bit tricky. This one, and I was, <laughs> was Suchet Rice Fournails, Lingard, Bowen, Ben Rama.
2: Oh, it's a toss of a coin, is it, really? Because he's my hammer of the ear, I'd go with cheap but I wouldn't argue any alternatives. And obviously, I know you're going to say Declan.
3: Yeah, so the same reason, and this one's easy. Best forward, Antonio Liao. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's got to be Mickey.
3: Right, so then we did best podcast guest. And again, I was so torn. And I don't know if you want to throw Ooh. in a few a few others that I may have missed here. So I did it from when we started Patreon. Right, so okay. that was the cutoff point, which was like what October was it? I think we started it October, November, yeah, maybe. So yeah. I didn't do any guests that we'd had on before that. So that's why there's some that people might be shouting out that, that we've missed. Um, so I went with Chris Acapusi, Ray Winston, Mark Ward, Ian Bishop, Trevor Morley, Anton Ferdinand, Sebastian Schemmel, Bobby Gould, Marlon Herod, Nigel Winspan Stephen Bywater, David Cross, Alan Taylor, Matt Jarvis.
2: God. Um, immediately, there's two that stick out for me. And these are just purely personal because one, I thought, was completely inspirational, enjoyable, and actually quite surprising. Which was Chris Akabusi. Yeah, I didn't think I'd get from that what I got from it, and I think anyone listening to that show would have been blown away. And I had listened to it, actually making me question how I see life,
3: yeah.
2: and 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 how I should see life because his outlook on life is just absolutely incredible. And it it reached a point where whilst we were talking about West Ham you actually thought more about life and how you should see it and what you should Mm. be thankful for. And, and uh, I just thought that was incredible. And it's no surprise why he's a motivational speaker, because uh, that was just great from that perspective. And, you know, again, going along the lines of how surprised I was to this day, I was blown away, absolutely blown away by just how much Sebastian Schemmel loves West Ham. Yeah, yeah. Considering how long he was with us, some of the statements that he made on that show was incredible. He mm. essentially retired at the age of 30, I think it was, because, and this is his words, not mine, if you can't play for West Ham anymore, there's no point in playing football. Mm. That's just basically what he said. He's yeah. got a restaurant, I think, called Upton Park. He's got a massive um, uh, tattoo on his body of, of the crest. Um I, I, he just blew me away. And and I think speaking to him, just highlighted how special our club is yeah. for someone who could have been with us for not a long period of time, yet oozed passion and love for what we are. I don't know. I, I think that's that's got to be up there for me as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, there was other podcasts that...
2: Oh, yeah, of course. That. Don't get like, me wrong. But, but the thing is, it's, we could talk about every single one of them. I mean, mean, our Extra Time shows are brilliant, you know? That's yeah. what
3: I mean. I want to put it out there. You know, there's, there are some that I, I felt really bad not putting in, but I had to put... I, so I couldn't. I could have listed all of them. And I thought, what's the point? Yeah. And even then, towards the end, there's a few there that I thought, I'm not sure. But I put them in just in case. I mean, I thought Bobby Gould was much more interesting than I thought it was going to be when we yeah. had him because obviously you know, he played for the club for a little bit, and it was way before my time of supporting but he's just he's influencing the game as a whole was really really fascinating obviously Mark Ward was battered when he did his so <laughs> you can throw that it was funny Ian Bishop was just naturally funny yeah, um, very very Bishop's funny podcast, yeah, Trevor so was excellent well. as well Trevor and I think for me I've always wanted to interview him because yeah. again uh, he's one of those players that you know, he was from that era when I first started supporting West Ham. You know, he was there the first season I supported West Ham. He was our goal scorer of the year I started supporting West Ham. And, um, you know, he, he was... Um, so I really wanted to hear from him. That was interesting. I just thought Martin Allen. He we didn't even he, haven't even included him. He was a good one. Yeah. Um, and then and then I liked um, Anton's. You know, obviously I was gutted that I couldn't yeah. be involved in it. Um. So that was sort of wasn't from a personal perspective, but in terms of st- some of the content we got out of him, yeah. I thought it was really really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, David Cross. It's just David Cross. Very yeah. funny. Very personable. Um. You know. He he was just a real top bloke. Um, so yeah, I was really really torn for me as well between those. So it'd be interesting to see what the, the the listeners think. I mean, I might narrow it down a little bit or just go with those fourteen. But it'd be I, interesting. I think
2: they'll. I think, and I could be wrong. I think they might go for Bish because I think people love a funny podcast, don't they? Yeah. They like to listen to podcasts and have a laugh, yeah. as do I. But. I just thought that the two interviews I mentioned, I thought were powerful and they they really struck me for different reasons and they've stayed with me. And from a personal perspective, I think I'd go with those two. And if I'm going for one, oh fucking hell, it's hard to choose out of them two. Uh, I think I would, uh, I think because it goes beyond football, I think I'd go with Akabusi. Really?
3: You're yeah. not even that keen about having him on No, do like, you
2: know what, mate? Yeah. I'll be completely honest with everyone. I wasn't keen. I, I wasn't mm. excited by it. I, 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 I don't know. It, it, yeah, it just for me, it wasn't one I was overly looking forward to. So to say that it's now yeah. you know, probably my favourite since we've been doing Patreon, when you look at the incredible guests we've had, by the way, I think speaks volumes about the interview itself. I just thought yeah. it was incredible.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think I I can definitely see your point on that hundred percent. You know, I really I really really can. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they think. Um, so we've also got a very very interesting guest this week. I think mainly because it's mm. so he's like quite very current. Um, and, and it would be interesting to get his take on a few. Uh, of the sort of players that are still playing and stuff. So, yeah, so that's going to be a good one. Right, this is the best bit of Patreon, right? So this is, this is almost a bit like market research for us as well. <clears throat> so I put the community um, like that we've created, the podcasts, the exclusive news, the, Q, the Q&As, the prizes, the match day sort of polls and interaction, and... Um, the, the feature where you get to meet the patron, getting to know the, pe- the patron. Mm. I don't know if we can answer this one, you know, you know, because we're kind of like involved yeah. in it all, aren't we? Well, it's, yeah. more, more, it's more market research, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, it's an argument for every single one of them, but uh, you know, especially the, the podcast and the Q&A, because obviously that's our, that's our bread and butter along with your news. Yeah. But, I don't know, you know, I don't think you can put a price on the community, and it's just so nice, cutting out all the dead wood on Twitter, oh, yeah. and all the fucking tosses that, that come with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, I had to deal with another prick today. I um, actually- so I, I, think, I think community's a, a good argument, yeah. I think, and it's nice to see everyone talking to each other, and sometimes helping each other out with something they don't get, or want, you know, an answer to, or this and any other, and, uh, and agreeing with each other. Um, I think whilst we've had the odd crossword in, in isolated incidents, I think the community is really quite special on yeah, Patreon. 100%. So I, 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 I would imagine, I don't know. I don't know what they'd say. Yeah, I've, just let them, let, let's see what they do. Yeah, I, don't I don't
3: know. It'll be interesting for us to see, definitely. Um, yeah. So this one, obviously, I don't need to list them all, but this is the away day. Or away ground, you're most and I didn't do Europe obviously. I so don't know who we're playing, but away ground, you're most excited to go to next year.
2: Uh, I think Leeds is definitely up there for me. Yeah. I, I well, I would actually probably give you that as my first answer to be honest. Because yeah. I've never, I've never, I know you have. Yeah. I've never been to Leeds. I've never actually been to the place, Leeds. So you'd have a good night out there as well. Yeah. And obviously, it's a very historical ground.
3: So I'm going to go in and road yeah. I think that would be right up there for me um for personal reasons. Norwich is always up there um you know so I've got a lot of ties to that club, so I think the way Dave is going to be amazing at Norwich as well um. I I wouldn't mind going to Brentford. I've never been there. So that's the only mm. stadium in the league that I haven't been to now in the Premier League. So that would be nice to tick that one off. Mm. Um, I don't think many have, because obviously we haven't played them in their new stadium, have we? So yeah. we're a first for everyone. And then obviously the London Games are always classic, as are the North ones at Liverpool. Man United's and stuff. Um, to be honest, mate, looking at all of those away days, I fancy all of them, to be honest with you. Yeah. But the, I think the only one that doesn't particularly jump out at me as being particularly exciting is um, Burnley. <laughs> I mean, that's not the only one. The other, <laughs> yeah. the, every other one I've been excited for because, you know, you look at Brighton, it's Beach, Then um, and you've got all the London ones, and then, uh, you know, Newcastle's an amazing city. Southampton's a good place for a night out. You know, Wolves is good ground. Watford's decent away day so yeah i think for me it's leeds i think i'm going to go for as well i agree with you on that one leeds mm. and norwich for me but norwich is more personal so i don't think people will go for that so i think yeah leeds um i'm not sure if we need to do this award or not so the, this is the last one um, uh, the last one and you can see whether you want to or not because i couldn't think of suggestions that i was entirely convinced by so they are the, this is the biggest dickhead so, Dave uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, already, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should have done that on Twitter today. God, no, no, no. Got some, uh, some of those people to yeah. join in, wouldn't it? But, uh, I love how <laughs> when someone makes a comment by that, but I don't want to harp on about it to give him his fame and stuff. But when they make a comment like that, all the trolls that you're on your block list suddenly chirp up about, about yeah. like, give you their two pence worth, and you think, you know, the the you reason you're blocked is because you're a dickhead like um mm, and so yeah. that, that um, that's like gates yeah, yeah exactly and they all come back and they're all just you know i could tell stories about three or four of them and you would think okay who is the the real idiot here but anyway moving on um so we got jack wilshire we got lookman for that penalty for <laughs> against us Aladice for his like ridiculous rant about antonio and mo salah just for Constantly diving. Same for Jack Greenish. Um, Jurgen Klopp kind through of threw in there because he's just always moaning as well, isn't he? Um, and then Spurs fans with all their stupid videos and dickheadishness.
2: Oh, um, well, until you gave the last one, it was going to be Jack Wilshire by Country Mile. But as you've thrown that one in there, it's got to be Spurs fans. I'm never not going to give that as an answer.
3: This is what I'm thinking. Maybe I'll just delete this award. I think it's too. <laughs> I couldn't think of any decent options. Yeah, let's take that award out of it because I think okay. it's a, a bit of a crap. Well, at
2: least he gave us an opportunity to record
3: that answer. That's yeah, exactly. exactly. We'll snag off a <laughs> few people on the, on the way. And so, yeah, we'll stop at that. We'll stop at that award. So what we'll do is um, I'll put them on to Patreon at some point um, in the next day or so because obviously we need the results for next week um, and then we will um, put them on Patreon and then and then read out what the results are i mean obviously everyone on patreon be able to see it but the people that listen to the free podcast podcast um, and that is free as in f-r-e-e um, <laughs> so mm. mo money is made by us money grabbing cunts on the fat so, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah and uh, we, they won't be able to see the results on patreon so we'll read out what the results are and see whether we're surprised or not and how they match up with ours
2: Yeah, good stuff. And thanks for doing that, mate. Brilliant. Okay, let's see what's going on in the world of West Ham. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham way becoming a patron couldn't be easier just visit www.patreon.com forward slash the west and way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the west and way podcast our second weekly show called the west and way podcast extra time classic clips of audio and video interviews exclusive news from x match day team news before anyone else an exclusive forum live Q&As with myself and ex, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise, and behind-the-scenes content, all of which for just
0: £5 a month. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a stuntman to do their home renovations. Just finished a new sunroom, Mr. C. The best part is I used candy glass for all the windows, so you can do this and this. Doesn't hurt a bit either. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. And if you don't want to take the long way to the kitchen, the walls are breakaway too. See? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com local today. Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like
3: Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO.
0: Or Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and
1: car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money.
0: Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbours.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year.